Underground. Too, I know you're gonna eat the apple. <laughs> I got the apple for you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, I was picking up the donuts. I said, "Ah, oh, this is not gonna fly. <laughs> yeah. This is not gonna fly." So I'm eating a donut and an apple. I feel so, very proud covered, of myself. Man. Counter okay. to this. So if anyone's listening and they hear that voice that they don't usually recognize hearing on this show, they might wonder who that is. Who is that, Ronald? That they just heard. Mm, is one of my favorite people. I did. I did my favorite thing, which is waiting till someone has just taken a bite to ask them a question. <laughs> I have a weird relationship with Brandon, because Brandon and I have a lot in common, mm-hmm. and we should be close with people. Yeah. And yet. And yeah. yeah. I was like, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's that whole you live in Bel Air thing. Yeah. I feel like, are you blaming me? I feel like, is this what this is about? I think is this is my fault? what it is. Well, this really is an opportunity to get you on here and let you know that it's your fault. <laughs> it's okay. Your fault. Now you're going to be like leaving. I'm sad, man. Should yeah. Steve and I step out while you guys work out? <laughs> work yeah, out we need is. to work this out. Pause this real quick. <laughs> he, look, he is has this some a, kind of comedian's parlay that you guys are having He has a special here? place in my heart. He's the first, He's he put me on a flyer for the first time in my life. I had never been on a flyer. Okay. It's like, oh shit, I'm on a flyer. I'm on a Color Me Funny show. I show people this flyer. They were impressed. Yeah. yeah. And Yeah. And then I, you bombed. And <laughs> super bombed. Yeah, and and we're we, talking about the one, it's one in particular. I, I bombed in a way that was like so uncomfortable. And then somebody got up and made fun of me immediately after. Probably me. <laughs> probably me. We did not let bombs sit. No. You have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. You can't just like, no. like boy, that was terrible, <laughs> right? You have to say something. Or, or else, that person. Yeah, or else the audience like continues to feel you know, awkward about the the room. You just gotta let them know that that's over with, and that <laughs> there's a new moves. person yeah. <laughs> coming up now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot from that, man. Yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot, but I appreciate it. Ladies Brand- and gentlemen, Brandon. the two comedians you hear speaking are Ronald James and I'm going to try the last name, Brendan Lescure. Correct. All right. There it is. Good job. So that's our guest for episode 165 of Movie Schmovie. Continuing to move. Clockwise around the table, I've yeah. <laughs> just reached Mr. Steve Ritter. That's me. And I'm John Walker, who has taken on the role of MC, which ends now. <laughs> Getting nervous. Like, yeah, just like a little bit. Because, you know, I'm sure you guys They're have spoken in front time. of crowds enough to know that you can tell when you've got, like, the next five seconds worth of stuff kind of queued up mm-hmm. in your head. And when you've got nothing queued up in your head, oh, you're yeah. just going, okay, I better mm-hmm. just wrap this up. Back now. out. Back it. out. But this is a special episode of Movie Schmovie because it's not yeah. every time we have a guest. And it's actually our first guest to bring pastries and right. fruit. So, Well, amazing. I brought the fruit because I know that, that Ronald is uh, difficult. Yeah, it can be difficult. <laughs> wow, your word choice. So I ate a good. donut very and, a, and a, just so I, you know, yeah. noticed that I... A donut and an apple cancel an apple. each other out. They so do it's so like well. you ate nothing. Well, you the food that you share in photos are the fanciest food... <laughs> That I've ever seen. You would think he's really fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just live in a hut. Not really. Yeah, yeah. Sick. That's all my money goes. Food and I just live in a yeah. hut. It's, it's oh, all yeah. the meals that he Instagram. Right, right. That's where all the money goes. Uh, for breakfast I didn't this know morning, I I'll be having part. crepes with boysenberries. 
and fresh creme de <laughs> like whatever. It's, yeah, whatever. I didn't know I became that creme person. Creme de whatever. Until. Yeah, creme de, and, I, and I just look at it and look at that fancy son of a bitch. Thinks he's better than me. I'm not hanging out with him. As you're picking up donuts. What you got a picture is anytime someone sends a picture on on Facebook. <clears throat> Everything outside of the frame is chaos, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're, they just focused in on the one thing that was going right in their life to, <laughs> to share. You know, mm-hmm. that beautiful meal. Mm, that beautiful meal. You have been posting a lot of photos of food recently. Yeah, um, you're one of the few people who post food, and I actually do go like, "Where do you get that? Where is that?" But most of the time, when people post food, it just seems like, like I don't. I kind of go, "Ugh, who, who wants to see your okay. food?" Closely related to that, I took a picture really recently of. Uh, uh, shrimp and grits. Yes, you did. And I got it from. Did you see the place? The place's name? No. no. Truffle butter bistro. Yes. Okay. Do you know what truffle butter is? Yes. Is it a euphemism for jizz? It's a euphemism for the foam that forms when you do when you have anal sex with someone. Why would they name their restaurant that? Because there was a hit by Nicki Minaj called Truffle Butter, and they didn't Google it. And <laughs> and I think they're trying to be like. It was either that or Santorum's. They're trying to be gross. <laughs> But it's called Truffle Butter Bistro. And I, t- I told this older l- lady that I got some food from there, and she, like, snorted. She went, Kah! Like, she couldn't. <laughs> that was a snort? <laughs> she, like, couldn't. She's like, yeah. like, it was like a weird, it was weird, it's a weird snort. She, like, couldn't. She's like, why did they name it that? I was like, I have no idea why they named it. I don't know. Truffle Butter. All right. That's a that's a, a bad It's a terrible name. misunderstanding or I would say that's not due diligence. If you're gonna name your business, I think it was on purpose. You know, I think it was not oh, know what, what the definition purpose. in urban dictionary is. I that's, think it was definitely on purpose. Because yeah. if you Google truffle butter, that like there's no way you can look up truffle oil and that's oil, but butter is is I'm gonna name my ca- cafe anal smegma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is anal smegma. It that's is that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Okay. Just open like right down the block from them. Right. It's a good thing I asked if we can curse on this. Yes, yeah, right. Because yeah. I just dropped the most disgusting phrase ever: anal well, smegma. I feel like we may have talked about something similar before. Maybe, maybe not quite in, in those terms, but we've gone there before. We really don't have any boundaries on this no, show. No, like we fine. try to talk about movies. It's I always try to imagine if someone was like a real. Like a, a, a cineast? Is that how you say that? I, <laughs> Yo, do you, I don't know. Do you know the word I'm talking about? Cineast? It's C-I-N-E-A-S-T. You're a silly ass, John. I think it is cineast. But it's like a cinema A cinephile? No. And I called Ronald fancy. Well, now I've got to... Oh, well, you wait. The words that John uses. Now i got to make sure. I thought you kept saying silly ass. Silly ass? Me and my cineasts. Me and my fellow <laughs> gather around the microphones. <laughs> a film or movie enthusiast. A Holy person shit. involved in filmmaking. A cineast. So you, we're, we're all cineasts here. <laughs> Welcome to the cineast hour. <laughs> but I was just saying, I, it's hard for me to imagine like if someone were to think, oh, this, this show, Movie Schmovie, I'll try it out. I, you know, I really want to hear them talk seriously and thoughtfully about film, which we do. But we also talk about anal schmegma. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm yeah. always thinking, like, is there a person who wants a scholarly show and would like to hear the... The uh, you know the the polite version of right, this right, show. Right, right, right. Well, every podcast is someone's first podcast, and and if that person doesn't enjoy anal smegma, yeah, this is their last <laughs> right. movie, movie as well as their first. Like I'm done. <laughs> I like the fact that you didn't just bring snacks; you brought a litmus test to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Mm. But yes, the reason we have Brandon here tonight is because he is a filmmaker, and we saw his film, and it's a horror film. 
And we're here to talk about horror films and Brandon's film and a recent horror film that I think we all have seen, that being Conjuring 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So does that sound like a show? It does. That, that's the makings of one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Right. Why did you just side-eye me when he said Conjuring 2? Because. Because you know we're about to get into it? You know we're about to get into it. <laughs> all right, it. put on the gloves. <laughs> Well, Let's first, let's media. talk yeah, about it's... let's talk about Brandon's movie, which is called The Back Page. Yep, uh, it's a half hour short. Yep, I'm. I, I had two thoughts when uh, I saw it. Outside of just all the thoughts about the content itself, I was wondering what is being done to make this film available. Where where might people see it? And the other thing is, has it had a public screening yet? Uh, okay. Well, first, thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate. You're um, welcome. Yes. And um, the and thanks for watching the movie. You guys have been like the first people outside of cast and crew. Actually, a lot of the cast and crew haven't even seen it yet because I don't trust them to not share it with people. <laughs> um, but so you guys are like the first people to see it that aren't you know affiliated with the film. Um, the movie we're gonna have a small local screening on July 19th at uh, Mugubi's Joke House which is comedy house, uh, comedy club in Timonium that I, that I work at pretty regularly. Awesome. Um, and it's going to be screened with four other short horror films, and uh, it's going to be a, a fun night of horror, local horror, you know, what was the word? Cine? Cineast? Cineast. Yeah, Cineast. Like, yeah, just a night of short horror films. And... Aside from that... You can say cinephile if you want to sound like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks at me. Or like a preschooler or something. <sighs> um, but aside from that, I've, uh, I'm waiting on notification from like 30-something film festivals. And a lot of those, they're horror film festivals, so they don't do the screenings until October. Uh, so they haven't notified yet. And uh, so I'm just anxiously waiting to see if I'm going to jump off a bridge or not. Yeah. If I don't get into any of them. This could be my last appearance on a podcast, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for those. I, I'm, you know, we'll we'll see if I get into some. Some of them are pretty high profile, and I don't expect it. But some of them are pretty, pretty like you know, small things. So. What's the highest profile one? I uh, submitted to um, Fantasia, oh, nice. which is a big one in, in Quebec, which um, I know I'm not going to get into because they like have big movies like ty west's new movie is going to be in that and Mm. just uh, huge movies basically you have to be in hollywood to get your film at a fucking film festival which is ridiculous um i submitted to um like the austin film festival which is really big like i'm not going to get into that uh (laughs) and um fantastic fest in austin which i would love to get into that uh but you know but you're not going to. No, not at all. Oh, okay. It's not going to happen. I see, I see the trend. <laughs> yeah. I've literally just listed $150 of money that just went gone. to someone else. Gone. That's gone. Gone. <laughs> well, my impression was, and maybe there's a glut of, of films being made that follow this logic, but I know that one of the appealing things for years about doing, say, a horror film was that there was sort of a built-in audience for it, that there was a, a, a midnight movie festival waiting to program. But maybe if everybody... That's getting into making movies is doing that. Yeah. It's not just getting into it for the for the opportunistic reasons of this is a genre where there is sort of a you know people will sit through a horror film waiting to see what what it's going to show them. Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And you'll watch some low budget stuff and you'll watch something that seems kind of boring or slow or whatever. You'll you'll put up with a lot. So I feel like that. But maybe if everyone's doing that, maybe it, th- there's a glut of probably 
interesting short films that they're having to choose from. So I, I do, I do wonder, like, I think your movie is very distinctive, but I do wonder like what it would take to stand out from the pack. Like what's going to be that element? Is it going to be the performance? Is it going to be the fact, the production value, all yeah. these different little aspects that I do think you've got a, a handle on, but um, thank you. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing being at the top of that festival, knowing that those submission fees are yeah like what I know about the inner workings of film festivals, I have like I'm I'm on the fence about whether it's a racket or not. But I, I <laughs> it does happen. You know what I mean? Well, it is a racket if you don't do it right. If right. you don't take advantage, like if you get into one, uh, it is a racket if you don't take advantage of what the film festival offers, which is. You have to go. Yeah, you have to have promotional material. You have to bust your ass and try to get people into your movie. Like it, just getting in doesn't mean that anything. You need mm-hmm. to to. That's when the work actually starts. Like mm-hmm. the movie. Like like if I get into you know one of these, like m- my job's going to be like ten times harder. You know when it comes to being out there and trying to bust my ass to get people to come to the movies but um but yeah the good thing about a genre filmmaking is that there are no period drama film festivals Mm -hmm. there are no like you know romantic (laughs) comedy film festivals there are a million horror and sci-fi film festivals and so like if you make a movie in that genre you automatically have a like um you know a fan base who's interested in seeing your film before you've even you know, made it. Sure. Um, but yeah, what you said is correct. Every schmuck, think, <laughs> you know, tries to start out with, with, with horror. And so you have to do things to set yourself apart um, quality-wise or plot-wise or, you know, something-wise to make your film set, you know, step mm-hmm. out from, like, zombie movie 2000, you know, mm. and, and nine. Like, like <laughs> you have to make something that people are going to want to see, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you definitely created some sense of that. Like your movie definitely has, if you're sitting there watching it, wondering what's the deal with this movie, there's definitely a moment where you realize what the deal with it is. And it, I, I think it should pack a punch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it definitely, I was telling you before we started recording that anything sort of awful happening to the human body is something that I... I tend to I tend to feel it you know in my bones when I'm watching a film and you uh, you know I will say you know maybe it's the spoiler but somewhere in your yeah. film something awful happens yeah, to it's the a, human body it, just whatever, it's a, it's I like to call the film uh, Annie Hall meets the Evil Dead yeah it, you know it, it for the first eighty percent of the movie you're watching a comedy mm-hmm. you know and uh, at least that's what I think sure. I I think it's a comedy sure um, I'm a comedian I have comedians in the movie. And I structured it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it takes a turn. Uh, <laughs> it takes a turn, for sure. And uh, it's, um, yeah, so I, I, it's body horror, for sure, I, I, I would think. Yeah. So if that's up someone's alley, you know, that, that's, you might like the movie. <laughs> but I think the way you approach it, though, it definitely makes it stand out. Like, I think what you were getting at before about the festival presence. Yeah. You know, if you get into these festivals, like, even with the ones that we see around here, like, going to a festival... It does make a movie st- like so. You getting in is one thing, mm-hmm. but having a product that stands out, like has something unique about, it, like which I think mm-hmm. we all agree your short does. But like you as a filmmaker, going there, promoting, filling your screening, like that's a takeaway from a festival experience. Seeing the movies that have that kind of presence, 
you know, film screenings that like happen at the Maryland Film Festival, the ones that always stand out are those ones where people are hanging out afterwards, talking about it with the filmmakers. Yep. You know, and or the filmmakers are out on the days before their screening, giving out flyers like "Come see my" like that. That's engaging immediately. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think you have a really good product, and I, I think you Thank should you. be a little more optimistic. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, I'm getting I'm, into I'm, Sundance. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. I, yeah, I thought it was good. a lot of fun, Thank especially you, watching it a second time. Um, you should try it's, watching it's it at bl- ten thousands times. <laughs> that's how many times I've seen it. Ten thousand. Wow. It's it, wow. This is a long process. Yeah. Like, mm. it, it, well, let's talk. I was going to ask you a question about that. Like. So you're a comedian, but what uh-huh. is your connection to filmmaking? Like, when did you get involved in that, and when did this film start its process? Uh, How long ago, I guess? Uh, probably when I was four years old, and okay. <laughs> my parents were never around, so I get to watch horror movies all the time. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so you're a horror guy. I mean, you're wearing a Return of the Living Dead shirt. Yeah. yeah. Did you shoot the short in your home? No, I okay. shot it in like my best friend's house. Well, I wondered about the posters and those the... were mine. Okay, well, I, yeah. I I guess what I'm saying is I sensed that there was a horror fan behind this film, like yeah. not mm-hmm. just a horror fan, but someone who's a horror fan in the way that yeah. you were kind of just driving at, and that Steve and I are horror fans. That's like it's born of that. Yep. What kind of movie were you going to put on with your buddies? What kind of movie were you going to watch? Sure. Like, what what section of the video store were you going to make a beeline bit, for? Yep. yep. Ronald is sort of a recent convert sort of to horror yeah. not, we're don't. working he, on it he likes indie drama well but so i mean he's not, not died in the wool heart like i see what <laughs> i i can imagine all the reasons why someone would have no interest in that genre but it happened to be the one like my cousin and i i'm fond of just saying like there was a point where we went to the horror section and i had seen every movie in the horror section yep. of wow. the video store you know and i don't know why i still to this day sometimes we talk about yeah. it on the show like why is it that horror is the genre that does that for me like westerns i really love but not quite as much I, I'm not a big martial arts guy. Action movies are kind of I'm, I can take them or leave them sure. if they're good. I love them, sure. but I don't like seek them out. But horror has always been the thing, and I don't know. Like I don't consider myself to be a particularly grim or bleak person, and I don't really necessarily want to see bad things happen to people. No, right. I'm no. frequently very upset when I like your film. There's a part of me that was like upset to see the turn that it takes that like i would have been happy if it could have proceeded as a little comedy in a way but i know that the reason i'm watching it is to see that awful thing so i don't know i think that like what what do you think it is about that genre was was it just the genre that you kind of grew up with or or all these factors we've talked about like the the sort of festival factor all that like what was it that made you decide your first film was going to be something kind of grisly uh yeah it's been this has been like kind of brewing you know, in me for, for a while. I've written a lot of scripts. I was a weird kid. I wrote scripts on like a word processor when I was seven years old (laughs) alone. I played with my GI Joes and made like elaborate stories with them. So this has been brewing forever. Like I, I took my GI Joes and made predator sequels with (laughs) the GI Joes. And, uh, that seems appropriate though. Yeah. Yeah, It works. uh, Yeah. I mean, they, they worked. Uh, and, um, so the, the, I've been I've had this like brewing in my head for forever that I wanted to make a movie before mm-hmm. before I did stand up you know I, I played you know I was in a lot of bands before, you know and I've acted like pretty continuously done a lot of sketch comedy um, and so like entertaining and mm-hmm. it's just kind of always been in in my blood and I've just never really had the time or the focus to really go okay this is really what I want to do. Making, you know, I'm gonna make a movie, and then uh, last summer I said, "Fuck this, let's sit mm-hmm. down, let's, awesome. let's write the film," and uh, 
it's the back page is what what came out and um i i always knew it was going to be i was going to do a horror film it was just really a matter of of when mm-hmm. um and i love watching horror because it's escapism you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's things that you know aren't going to happen to to you you know and (laughs) i i think i enjoyed it more when i was a kid because i didn't have that sense of mortality but as i've gotten older like yeah sometimes now when i watch horror movies i go this is horrible i could actually die this way (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) or even just why am i watching that like why did i seek this out like why did i choose to put this image in my head you know yeah yeah, I definitely feel that sometimes. But it doesn't stop me from getting excited Never. about the next. No. But I don't know what it is. It's like I think you said something that maybe sparks a thought in me that like there is something about that possibility that it isn't something that is going to happen, but it does allow you to sort of play out that that sort of primal that th- whatever it is that's missing from our lives because we live in civilization and we're at the top of the food chain more or less. Like whatever it is that's missing, there is probably some some part of us that likes to feel afraid and i see it with my son he's he's eight and he's like i can tell the difference between when he's like when he watches like a goosebumps and he knows it's supposed to be scary but it's more goofy and cheesy and kind of ah kind of and then he'll see something a little bit scarier and there'll be this kind of like that was that was really creepy dad (laughs) and i can see the difference in him and i'm like i don't want to expose him to something before he's ready but i also know that like a part of me is like really looking forward to talking like i really want him to see american werewolf in london and shit like that yeah i really want to talk to him about some of these gorier films that he's not ready for but even the pg-13 horror films of today that technically he could watch i'm like there's some nightmare fuel in there that is different than what a pg-13 film used to to represent so i think about that all the time just like why do i why 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 do i want these images in my head let alone in the world <laughs> you know yeah i was blessed to live around the corner from a video store that let me rent whatever i want as long as it wasn't porn mm-hmm. wow and yeah uh yeah nancy was awesome and uh so <laughs> no last names we don't want to get her in trouble uh, yeah <laughs> and so yeah i i got to rent whatever i wanted so as a kid i saw everything yeah and um and it just kind of stuck with me box arts i i, I love like walking down the aisles of, of you know seeing the vhs box art i miss that yeah and that's kind of what i wanted to do was to hopefully was to to make a film that um harken back not to use that uh, i wanted to make a film that would harken back <laughs> to a bygone era of cinephile of what was the word again cineast cineasts <laughs> I know you were sitting there working on the script and you were like this sounds good this looks good but it doesn't harken back it doesn't harken back <laughs> and you this throw it in the trash something that would that would that would make you think of like a hidden gem that you would find on on a VHS shelf or something which are a lot of those posters that you have on yeah. the wall yes and which again I, felt I, like I appreciate a real that. I felt like that, that was, was a real signifier to me of like the influences yeah. behind this film yep. you know and I thought that was yeah the Friday the 13th Jason Takes Manhattan yeah. poster is yeah. like one of my prized possessions <laughs> because that that poster it's it's the uh for the people at home it is the one that's I love New York like logo mm-hmm. but Jason has it's cut a, like a knife yeah. through it mm little known fact that poster they got sued by the tourism department of new york because oh, wow. they didn't have the right to use the oh, wow. Heart new york. Yeah. so that poster all got pulled mm-hmm. and that's a really expensive oh, wow. poster. that's awesome super expensive so we were going to steal one we should oh yeah that. definitely that's the one to steal <laughs> no, that's that my pride and joy <laughs> i liked it in the movie i mean again I, I, I knew i was watching a horror fans film when you had the little dialogue about the poster where the, yeah. the character comments that that's not you should have part 
part six. That's a oh better, yeah, the, that's part a better movie. Sucks. It's but a terrible part eight movie. Is a better poster, and I agree that is a good poster. Yeah, even yeah, and I, isn't the the problem is that he's only in New York for like five minutes. At yeah, the, they yeah. shot that whole f- film in Toronto. Yeah, and then they spent like two days in 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 uh, Times Square. And uh, yeah, that mm-hmm. movie's not good. Not good. <laughs> right. At the end, Jason is put in a sewage system. Yes, that's right. And at midnight, every night, according to the logic of this film, <laughs> at midnight, all of the the toxic waste from New York City is shot through, through the sewer yeah. system. It's like flushed out, yeah. Why did they think that was a thing? This but is... as a kid, I believed it. I right. went, there is toxic waste. <laughs> flowing underneath new york city every night yeah no that's a terrible logic it's terrible (laughs) um about the whole the the process of shooting it right Uh um so it's it's a clean it's a clean what was it 25 minutes it's uh yeah it's 30 minutes minutes, with credits it's exactly 30 minutes almost how hard was it to shoot you know this footage this genre that's really close to you and kind of shave it down to something that's very clean it felt like a very like clean feel to it it's like that it's a it's brisk yeah it, it, it's brisk it, it, and it really? doesn't feel yeah absolutely doesn't feel boring okay. how did you shoot it how'd you film all this stuff and shave it down to a pace because i've seen 30 minute things that feel like 10 hours oh, this wow. felt like a really good thank you quick let me let me tag on one just to add with this edit sure, like sure. the edit part like yeah was it ever supposed to be more than 30 minutes there are there are bits of dialogue that have been that were edited out from specific scenes, um, but they were edited out because I didn't think like myself and my my partner um, Everett, um, we didn't think that that the like it was working. It mm-hmm. was messing with the pacing, um, and then sometimes we needed to get we needed to get under thirty minutes. That was Got the goal. It. Okay. Like, um, but. Uh, for the most part, like it's it's mostly all there. Like there there's not too much. There's maybe three minutes cut out oh, wow. from the script shooting mm-hmm. from the shooting wow. script. There's maybe three minutes okay. cut out. You know, it was, it was a 33 page script and it's a 30 minute movie and they say like a minute a page and it kind of worked out that way. Oh, wow. um, how long did it take you to shoot? We did um, we did we, we shot the whole film in, in uh, three days with one uh, like pickup day of effects um for a speci- specific like special effect in the film so we shot it in three days but um one day was like months ahead of the other one because we have some pretty heavy special effects in the movie mm, and like yeah. those needed to be built so we shot like half the movie in one day and oh. then the, the once the effects were built we shot the other half of the movie over over like a, a very long weekend like um and like you know, so shooting like ten pages a day is really hard, mm-hmm. and I would advise no one ever do that again, and I would never do that again either. It, the only saving grace in that is just is preparation. Like, sure, I mean, I prepare. It's all about the you know, if you can nail everything down in, in before the cameras start rolling, you really know what you're doing. Your actors know what you're doing. Rehearsals, you can shoot a whole movie in three, you know, in in three days. Mm-hmm. But wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that yeah, it was three days. We shot it in in September and uh, in in November, and then began the editing process, which was really long. And it was shot around. Both, it was your friend's uh, house, you said. We shot some of it in Bel Air, and yeah. we shot some of it at Wits End, which oh. is the bar connected the to Magoobies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a pretty good relationship with the owner, and he let us 
thankfully used the bar and it was it was awesome that's oh, amazing cool. which did give the film a lot of credibility yeah having that kind of set yeah you know like having a place that you didn't have to create that has this this ambiance of its own yeah. is, can really help I, I remember a short film uh, that some friends and i made we got this restaurant for a restaurant scene and it was just like oh thank god like you know, people locally might recognize this place and it might be kind of a neat thing, but just for us, it was like, cool, we don't have to dress a set to look like a restaurant that actually yeah. would be a restaurant. We can just go in and shoot. And it's like, if you don't have that, you're sitting there going, what are we going to do? How, do How make, are we going to get this scene? How do we but make like, Dave's kitchen look like a restaurant? Right, but that <laughs> opening scene with like the camera moving through the bar in yeah. your film, like you do believe, like to me, that level of production value buys a certain amount of relaxation on my part. Yeah, I was feel like really hard. Okay, but it, you know what I mean? It establishes a world that doesn't feel like three people sitting in someone's apartment right. or yeah. something, which you could do. I mean, you could have a horror film yeah. that doesn't leave a very small contained space and you could get around that with just really good production value in terms of how you shoot it. But I do think a certain amount of scope oh, yeah, makes a short film feel like a certain amount of ambition. Yeah. And I think that that was, that was just right. Well, but, with <clears throat> I said I wanted to go all out for my first film, for mm-hmm. sure, because I, I have experience with like directing small things, um, with theater and with uh, like some comedy shorts that I've done. So it's mm-hmm. not like the first thing I've ever directed, but this is like the first film I've ever directed. So I kind of knew what I was going to be doing, but I knew that first movie, if I'm spending a good amount of money and it's a good amount of time on this, I wanted to go all out. So I wanted to make sure it wasn't mm-hmm. just three people sitting in a room talking because right. I feel like like I can go bigger than that. Yeah, and it, ha- it has the scope to it. That's, thanks. That's, that's good. That that's, that scene that you're talking about in the in the bar with all those people that was really really hard. I always notice that in crowd scenes. Like it's something that you don't even think about. But like when you see a movie where people are dancing at a party and people are talking and everyone else is like dancing to a song, if that looks like it's really happening, that is magic yeah. because there was a room full <laughs> of quiet people doing yeah. this and so you know and it's so often that can be like. Just well, painful, uh, and it really seemed like. Uh, d- did you end up like laying in most of the sound in yours? Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. I like hearing the sound effect and the vocals. But I mean, was that like a, was that a necessity, or was that the way you always intended to do it? Was that you were going to loop the 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 audio? Are you talking about looping the audio for the actors right there? Or what, lo- well, in just a few scenes, I feel like I was hearing that, like the sound effects or whatever. That felt like there was a real sound design there was to the sound film. Design, yeah, mm. like um, you had a lot of control over that. Yeah, definitely. And that I mean, that's all the. Post production is really, I mean, pre it does not matter what, what you actually do when you shoot the movie. Like, in certain, it's all about what you do before and what you do afterwards. That's where you actually make a good movie sometimes mm-hmm. because post production is super important with sound. You know, I watched the movie without music and sound effects, and it is bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's awkward. Like, I sent the, the bar scene that you're talking about to a friend of mine. Which I, I think, the, I think you know, it's a funny scene, a quick dialogue mm-hmm. of two guys talking. And uh, I sent it to a friend of mine with no bar noise or bar music. And they were like, this is, like, really weird and awkward. <laughs> like, like you need that post-production of, mm-hmm. like, bar noise and people chat and chatter. And, like, um, the I think this movie was, like, a culmination of um, just a lot of friends and connections I've made over the years with acting with comedy with music you know i've you know one of my best friends who was i was in a band with did a lot of the music some of the original songs in the movie are some of my like personal friends that i made connections with when i was in bands and um 
Like this is kind of like a culmination of a lot of different mm. things for me. So I'm really glad. Who, who does the closing song? Is it? Uh, it's Carmela's Carmela. games. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're awesome. They that, they that's great. They lent lent me that song, and I I, I love that song. Like that was, uh, yeah, that was always going to be. That's awesome. Movie. That's yeah. great. Was, I was going to ask you real quick. Like you talked about just like wanting to go big with it. Did you did you do any kind of? I didn't. I could. I tried to find anything, but did you do any kind of like funding for it, like like uh, crowdfunding, like because I have another. We have a friend locally who's done that recently for like a horror film. Did you do any of that, or did just you, is it just you saving up money over years and going for it? Yeah, crowdfunding was done by going to work, <laughs> and that's what I advise that right, everyone right. Who's, show up for your job. That's what I advise everyone who's never made a movie do because you don't deserve your friends' money until you actually show them that you can do something. Right, right. And wow. I really do believe that. Like crowdfunding is really weird for me. Yeah, like I'm kind of on the fence about about it. Like I, I hate it when people go, "Oh, give us money for our demo." Uh, we've never played before yet right. and we don't have any instruments <laughs> and we need a van too and uh, if we're I'm gonna so <laughs> torn on the we've talked we've about the crowdfunding but it's like now. the creative project that you're talking about where it seems like the person hasn't done their part yet yeah. I don't understand the I'm impulse. not proven I, yeah. I don't deserve someone's money to mm-hmm. do this yet I need to, I felt as though I needed to show people that I knew what I was doing right. before I asked for their money yeah um like if you can point someone to this film yeah. and say we've got a script, we've got this, and we've got all the, like if you had a next yeah. project you were trying to, I feel like that, I mean that calling card aspect of having finished something yeah. is huge. Yeah, and it also shows, like you said, that you're willing to do the work and that like oh if this person had a little more resources maybe they could do something even more impressive would be the goal, but not just oh somebody wants to do something let's help them you know yeah. like let's help this person fulfill their dream or whatever it's just yeah. not. Like we, we all are trying to fulfill our own dreams. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I'm kind of, I come from like, kind of like a punk rock background. So I still have that DIY mentality mm-hmm. in my head where it's just like, fuck it, man. I don't need anybody's fucking help. I can do this all on my own. Yeah. Like, like, and I still kind of feel that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm going to dip into crowdfunding on the next project. I mean, ho- honestly, the next project I want to do, I'm, I'm hoping that I can move on from this and uh, show this mo- you know, movie and some of my other scripts to other people and maybe get some real funding you know, next time around. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, You're not going to be one of those horror directors who finally gets some money and then doesn't do horror anymore, are you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I can't make promises. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I mean, yeah, which but I'm doing the next Fast and the Furious movie. Oh, okay, wow. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Sorry, things have gone up. For Can't me. wait. Um, Man, the buzz on this short must be. It was, it's really, really good. It's really good. I didn't get into yeah. Fantasia, but I got Fast and the Furious. Uh, We're the only ones who've seen it, according to you, so the, uh, that means our buzz. Right. So it's you're bu- welcome. Yeah. 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 Next, guys. Appreciate it. it doesn't work for us, dude. <laughs> so, um,. You're, you're moving pretty soon. Yeah, I'm moving to Los Angeles. How is that fitting going to fit into your pursuit of your directing and all that stuff? I think it's a move in the right direction. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, you know it's kind, what of, I mean? like, kind of an industry town. Do you, have a, do you have a plan? I mean, like, is there a plan? A plan to not get swallowed up by right. Los Angeles? Uh, the plan is, is honestly is to go out there and apply for every entry-level job, you know, internship, and get – in on the ground floor of something and, and work my way up. Right. That's all I want to do. You know, I, I don't have kids and the only person I really need to make sure that, that eats to survive is myself. Like my wife, she'll be okay. <laughs> like she, she, she's self-sufficient. So like, 
Like the only person that I really need to make sure doesn't starve to death is me. So don't you have uh, a dog as well? I do have a dog. What, so, are you not worried about the dog? The dog kind of will. Prick are the you? dog will scrounge. The dog, Gavin, uh, the dog will eat some rats. Yeah, the dog will find something. Uh, the dog will eat me if I die. So it's time uh, for the dog to have a reality check. Uh, <laughs> look, I need to make movies, Ava. Yeah, right. um, so the dog cocks his head. <laughs> yeah. So I, I you know, I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to get a job in, in the film industry and just work my way up all you know i, I want to make movies i want to entertain people and like uh, i need to go out there and try that's really cool so man. yeah that's that's the plan is to take this movie and some scripts that i have and and you know hopefully i really do think that like not to sound corny but i think like hard work like really trumps uh uh talent so like almost every time right, you know right. there are a million uh, white guys on NFL teams that prove that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, those guys are not really good. Uh, but Bill Belichick keeps signing them. <laughs> They've got heart. Yeah, you know, Julian Edelman is in the NFL for. <laughs> so, like, you know, I think hard work. If you if you outwork people, you can you can succeed. So that's oh, what I'm going to try to do. That's awesome, man. Well, well I, I think I I, I mean. Looking at, I mean, this is not really any disrespect to anything. I was super impressed with how good the short Me looks. Too. When we first spoke, immediately, like I was into the movie. As simple as the opening credits, yeah, the opening credits, right. and the very credits well considered, period, yeah. yeah, were amazing. They're the best credits for the the <laughs> least impressive actual movie ever. <laughs> like what? What was like the credit? It, it, okay, wow. honest, so, so did you? How did you? Uh, th- that was. Those were faked, right? Like, some you did you get someone to typeset fake ads for you, or did you? I, I got a real ad. Um, for, so for people to know what we're talking about, yes, the movie is about a guy who uh, is down on his luck, and um, his best friend convinces him to purchase a sensual massage from an ad in a newspaper, and uh, with the suggestion of a happy ending, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps. <laughs> and um, so I and. You know, I got a, I bought a real ad in the okay. city paper. So that was an actual back. That was a real. Because I was about you to ran say the ad. I, I, oh, the ads. Yeah, the ad the, was ran. The oh, opening wow. titles, we should say, are in, like November. A slow, That's awesome. a slow tracking shot that, that or uh, kind of zoom in. Yep. On 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 the back page of either a bunch of like the the where you know, the personal ads or whatever yep. from the back page of like the local weekly. I didn't know if that was you know what I mean because yeah. your ad looked it blended so well. I was like either real. either they took out a real ad or they just got someone to typeset a very realistic looking back page. Yeah. So those were all real ads except for your ad. It's okay. It's I mean no, yours no, is a real no, ad. No, it, yeah. no, it's in there. That that ad is was on that page. But what I'm saying is you took out that ad, but the other ads were actually just the ads that were printed were also on the back real, of the yeah. paper. You, okay. Which is funny because it... Uh, <laughs> Does if, that present any rights issues or any... It, with, uh, the, with the numbers being up there? I mean, if uh, if Brad's tantric wants to sue me because <laughs> yes. I put his, his ad in a, in a movie... Um, Come on and bring it, Brad. Yeah. Um, which is, is well, actually, I did call Brad recently, so he should be thanking yeah. you. I know. Right. It's actually funny for, for but that when when we the first cut of that, we're slowly zooming in and we're we're sitting there and uh, I look over at my editor and I'm just like, dude, it looks like we're zooming in on this like 
gay massage like <laughs> website and like and, and we're and sure enough like he just kind of tweaked the the thing a little bit off and so like the beginning was it was zooming right into brad's <laughs> tantric massage parlor and i was like yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to crop brad out a little bit because uh, this is not this is weird but yeah that's a real newspaper wow it was a still photograph um that we digitally zoomed into the the whole impetus of that is um uh i love i love title like sequences mm -hmm. i think that there too many people are not using them yeah. i think i think it sets a mood for your film and it lets the audience know what to uh what kind of you know film they're 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 walking into um what one sticks out right now if you had to think of one that just like impressed you or stands out as an opening title not besides your own uh halloween 2 um which is kind of where we where we got this from okay, halloween yeah. the halloween 2 uh, opening title is is uh is halloween music titles are like the titles are going over a slow zoom into a lit pumpkin yeah and as it zooms into the pumpkin the pumpkin splits open and inside of the pumpkin is like a skull mm -hmm. it's like fucking four minutes long <laughs> and uh it, it but it's it's amazing yeah you know john carpenter music and also i think it, it's you know it's nice to have the people who are involved in the movie have their names you know put at the beginning yeah right, it's right. it's you know it kills a lot of birds with one stone it you know gets tone out there gets gets people interested and it it's almost like an mc at a comedy show people sometimes they're still if you're going to a movie and you're watching a movie sometimes people are late and sometimes people are still eating their opening their twizzlers and they need a minute to understand that they're in a movie, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. you start a film with just like boom, it's, we're starting. Like sometimes you're not going to get everyone's attention right away. Well, but. I think it's a conscious decision. I would say that like I like it when someone has a, an opening sequence or has a title sequence, but I understand it to be like the movies that choose not to do that. Sometimes that can have a real impact, yeah. or the ones that seems like there's a lot of horror movies nowadays that like to just give you like the title comes in and it's like. Bah! Yeah. And then yeah. it cuts and it goes it's, back to the which I'm a insidious. big fan of. Yeah. But I like insidious. when they do that. What? Fucking insidious. I love insidious. I do not. Put I'm on not. the gloves, I'm, dude. I'm saying nothing about that insidious. That was our first episode. Yeah. It first was just episode. him and I arguing about insidious. insidious. Insidious is amazing. Put on the gloves. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> well, I'm not speaking. Can I, can, can I be nonpartisan about insidious and just say though that I I still like that idea and I think you know. Well, James, yeah, James Wan does title title. Sequences. Yeah. He 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 yeah. loves them as well. Right. And I and uh, I think he's a brilliant filmmaker. And if he's doing them, then I'm going to do it too. Right. But it's a great yeah. way to set the mood. I think everyone has it's thought good, of for years. David choice. Fincher is famous for yeah. having like a particularly kind of art directed sort of opening sequence. But I, think, I always think of Seven. Yeah, that's the one that always Seven's the one that comes yeah. to mind. I think I would say a recent contender for a different reason. But I thought Deadpool's opening titles oh, yeah, were, were some of the best. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. one of the best parts of the movie, really. Oh, but yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. that really bought a lot of when I was going into that movie, going, is this just going to be kind of dumb? frat bro kind of humor am i gonna find but that opening sequence was so clever that i was like I, it relaxed me into the fact that deadpool was going to be just well, a, a, a tone he's like a smarter yeah. film it than sets I thought, the tone for you know? what you're gonna get yeah, yeah. right you know before and you can the movie live up to that is the question like yeah. there have been some movies that the best part of them is the first five yeah, minutes you one, know? there's one called the back page it was written and directed <laughs> by brandon <laughs> lesfure i thought the first 30 minutes were really good <laughs> thank you um yeah yeah a tight like the, a title closing and opening titles were like a must mm -hmm. for me and um good music 
for both of those were, were a mm. must. And we went with an original score for the opening and then and got some music for, so the, good. for the closing credits. And it did have a kind of Carpenter sort mm. of feel to it. Yep. Which yeah. I, I'm glad everyone, it seems like in the last few years, everyone just finally decided those are great soundtracks. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that like horror is back to not like aping that, but realizing that that synth music can be it, it extremely effective works, for setting yeah. a mood because it can be ambient noise that just affects you on almost like a visceral level, but it can also be like a, a kind of a cool driving beat. Not too There's different. a lot of that like in it, in it follows. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. oh man, that's <laughs> where he responds to. Well, since you guys have got oh, the gloves man. on, maybe we should jump into a, a a film that no one here had anything to do with making, but a movie that I think we've all seen. And actually, yeah. now people out there listening have had time to get out and see uh, the Conjuring Two. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Conjuring Two, Ronald? Okay, I I think that it felt like the same issue I had with like Spider Man, which is the idea that like it just had a lot of ideas. Okay, so here's the thing. The the heart of the movie. The heart of the movie was very good. It was very good. I don't like Crooked Man and I don't like the nun. And I don't think they should have even been in the movie. I think if you would have excluded these two, it would have been perfection. Ronald, you're voicing my thoughts so completely that I'm waiting for you to say something I don't agree with. But otherwise <laughs> but I'm just listen, sitting here. I'm well, just, I I'm think just that, nodding. I'm just I think they already did, there is something they did for that. It's have you seen the BBC miniseries? It's called The Enfield Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It's really? literally the conjuring two without Seriously. The, the, these other horror elements. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but the, I would definitely disagree. There's <laughs> it, 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 it's that attention it's that attention to detail, like the the little things, the sets, the the sound, the yeah. everything that makes this movie fuck this movie felt I, that's the so that's my issue. This movie would have been perfection if those two elements weren't in it. That's I, I You're think, saying take away Three out of four of the best set pieces in the film, <laughs> which is the 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 nun in the opening sequence, terrible. The nun with the in the painting, the painting. which is brilliant. The nun with the painting. The nun, you think so? Yes. Yeah. With the, the shadow walking. The shadow. Okay. Yeah. I, I liked like everything up to the running. Yeah, it got a little weird after the Crooked Man was weird. The, the I, I Crooked just, Man to me felt like an attempt to like co-opt Thin Man. And Babadook kind of at the same yeah. time or something. He actually like even looked like The Slender Man, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah the Slender Because it was that Slender Man body type, but the way that he was played was a sort of... I mean, it had that kind of Babadook design of being almost like a kid's book character yeah. come to life. But I felt like just piling that stuff on, I agree with you that the simpler, more effective... Yeah. Like, the, the craft of this film is so high. And I'm willing to give... Yeah. I mean, James Wan, I know people that hate his kind of over-stylized, his camera work and all that kind of stuff. I think he's a, like a really ambitious director who puts together sequence. I mean, like, yeah, he can put together a sequence that moves through the movie in a way that just pulls me in. And I'm like, I mean, if you think that's too flashy, I wrote down in my notes when I was seeing it, like, too flashy to be scary? Question mark. I don't know. In some ways, I think the movie is a little too flashy to be scary to me. But the filmmaking, the craft so is good. so strong. Yeah, like I really, really liked this movie and enjoyed it. With all the complaints I had about yeah, it, I yeah. still came out of it going, "That was a good movie." And I liked it, but but I, I did it didn't really scare me as much as the no. first one did. I don't I just, think it was quite as effective in that regard. I just felt like he gave into the idea that somebody went up to him and was like, "You got to make this bigger than the first one. You got to make it bigger, bigger, bigger and better than like the first." In scope, of in story scope, or? It, well, it's yeah, a sequel. It's, it has to. It be. It doesn't have to necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have to be that through. Yeah. Having all these elements, these moving parts, and that was kind of my irritation with it. The problem is, 
Conjuring hit me in a way that I, it like took the wind out of my sails just because I was not expecting something to be so, uh, I like, I, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't modern. It was like, oh, you it's know. It's so funny that you're saying, I was just sitting there thinking, I hope he points out that it wasn't, didn't, wasn't a modern feeling. Yeah, it wasn't But it really modern, did feel like it was from the 70s yeah, or was, the it, 80s or something. Yeah, it felt it like It followed a, this, this pace that I hadn't seen in, in something recently. Yeah. And, and these camera tricks weren't. They weren't gimmicky. It was weird. Like it was. You thought the camera tricks in part two were gimmicky? No, no, okay. no. I just mean like what what Conjuring did for me. No, yeah. I just think the sec- I think the second one was would have been fucking perfection if the if it wasn't if Slenderman if Slenderman if Crooked Crooked Man wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have been hit on quite if as Crooked much. Crooked Duck. Yeah. And I love the the idea of the nun. Like that idea was really cool, but there was something about it didn't weave it into the story well enough. That yeah. it felt like it was a part of the story. It felt like an afterthought. Which, it felt like it which felt it like turns the, out. <laughs> felt like the movie was written, yeah. and they were like, "We need some elements to make this a little more crazy. Let's throw in a nun. Let's throw in a, this crazy, fictitious, yeah. slender person." Well, that story element was always there, but it wasn't always the nun. Wasn't always That's that what nun they were saying. Okay. Yeah. It was I, more of like a d- demon yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I I think that if you lose i you know i can't speak for the crooked man i thought that the cg on that was a little Terrible. was a little off i mean but it's a 40 million dollar picture so you have to make some concessions somewhere right, um right, right. and um but the 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 stuff with the nun you lose that you're losing character parts that are what sets i feel what sets this movie apart from every horror movie in years right, right, right. is that they are not afraid to sit to sit back and let you watch two characters actually like be characters and people and it's not just set pieces like the You're talking about ed and lorraine uh, yeah played yeah. by patrick like, wilson and vera farmiga which yeah i before i saw the movie i said to steve was like i don't think you'll like it and i was like i just i want to see those two actors play those two characters yeah. again yeah i would Make five more, make ten more. I don't care. I, I like these characters. I like the idea That's of right. like a loving marriage as the backdrop for like what are the stakes in this yeah. horror film. You've got whatever's happening to the family that is the case of the week, so to speak. And then you've yeah. got the ongoing relationship between those two. I thought this movie laid it on a little thick at times with like the corny music. There were a few parts where the score I... was, was really like... <laughs> Like, da, 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 da. like it was soft, pretty <laughs> okay. much. Like, but I would say that there was a part of that corniness that, to me, is and it's to, to what you're saying. I like that kind of corny focus on these people love each other and their their relationship is going to be the thing that pulls you through. That, like, as dark as this movie gets, these two people kind of have each other. <coughs> yeah, I even liked uh, his dorky Elvis song that, that he sang. Was and, the, and the uh, kids uh, all joined in? That I was the highlight that. of the movie. Yeah, to me. That was, was the highlight of the movie. To me. <laughs> that was the highlight of the movie. <laughs> that was the highlight of the movie. I was worried that you weren't going to like it because when he saw that I was checking in to watch he's like what do you think I gotta, I gotta yeah. know what yeah. you thought because immediately know. I could tell fuck Ron, I didn't like it yeah. I have to defend it and then I was like John's gonna not like well, it well no I'm what was funny was I went into it going liked it. I went into to it going I hope I love this so that Steve's wrong <laughs> yeah. and I'm, un- I'm unpredictable <laughs> and then when I was like yeah it's not as good as the first one and it had problems but I did think but why am I not bothered like why am I kind of still having a lot of warmth for this movie and I think it's just there's some there is some chemistry of this director and his Absolutely. his skill with the craft, he's so good. Everything man. he's done with these other movies <clears throat> that might be more kind of flash in the pan or kind of fun horror films, the, these Conjuring yeah. films seem like they're trying to build a different, more, just a, a movie that has more going on in it or something. Yeah, the actors seem to be enjoying these roles. The fact that it's a period piece, the fact that I mean, based on a true story, is on half horror sure, films sure. that you see. But like, it's like in this case, it it 
it allows me, as someone who actually thinks the real Ed and Lorraine are, from what I've read, they're horrible people, horrible people and charlatans of the first order. Yeah. And I don't really believe any of the spiritual underpinnings of this movie. The fact that the answer is literally in the Bible was like, oh boy, what a Christian, what a Christian film. I was like, how, but I was thinking like our Christian group saying, look at this film. This is an awesome Christian film. But I accept that as like these are the, like the mythological underpinnings. They don't have to explain the Catholic Church. They can just say we work on behalf of the Catholic Church. Boom, the movie has a backstory Absolutely. and a mythology behind it that we can connect right. to. I like the we've talked about rules. Horror yeah. films need to have rules. Yeah, rules. The whole exorcist or like church-based solution to a possession like that's done and we've seen it before but i think these movies that do are wise to say let's just play it straight let's take what the what the what is what's their last name warren warren Warren. let's take what the warrens are saying and just treat it like it really happened and let's not get into the ins and outs of of what they were really like but i enjoyed that there was a nod in this film at least to ed being kind of an asshole in that scene on the talk show where he threatens to yes. beat oh, yeah, the guy up. Because every story you hear about the real yeah. guy, he's like that. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. not a very pleasant man at no. all. Especially to people who he, he didn't know were later going to write books and talk about him. You know, like <laughs> people that he thought were just, who's this guy? But yeah. people that were later going to go on a show and say, oh no, he's awful. But no, I think the characters are really the main thing. And yeah. I, I have to happily go see another Conjuring film. But not if James Wan's not directing. I don't, I don't want to see oh, this turn into another yeah. horror series that just gets, handed gets drawn out. Yeah. I think it needs to be a bit more of an event. So. Although, um, like, I, I love the Insidious movies as well. I, I think he's just a, just a master filmmaker mm-hmm. with the camera. He does things with the camera that I, I can't... I don't even... Like, for a horror filmmaker to, to use some of the techniques, the, the spins, like, the, the turns, the push-ins, like... It's, you know, it's really high quality stuff that he's that he's doing on very low budgets. You know, in, the first Insidious movie was made for eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and that movie made like a hundred million. You know, yeah, it's crazy. you know, and he made you know, a lot of people forget that the guy wrote and directed the first Saw. You know, which is yeah. which is perfection. <laughs> perfection. So you really the first Saw, the Saw first one Saw to me movie. is a sloppy. It has some sloppiness to it, but what it is. Yeah, the way okay, so I mean, he invented he or sorry, he resurrected horror twice. Yeah, James Mm -hmm. Wan did. Yeah, he cre you know he got the genre out of the pits of like the the slasher you know genre that which pretty much died in the in the late nineties. He pulled it out, created this torture porn thing, which took you know whatever happened after Saw. Not on him. He's just collecting paychecks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he he made the genre big again, and then when torture porn like yeah. died, he pulled it out of the gutter again with with Insidious. Honestly, like that movie had a big effect. You know, it got him the Conjuring. Like this, he's a huge filmmaker now because mm-hmm. you know because of someone taking a, giving him eight hundred thousand dollars. You know, yeah. like that's Insidious. I love that film. It gave me nightmares for three days. Really. Three days. I'm a grown ass man, Ronald. <laughs> Lipstick face demon. Three days. Let me tell you, the scene where um, where Rose Byrne is laying in her bed mm-hmm. and she sees the like the Indian guy on the porch in Insidious, yeah. right? And he's walking to the left. He walks to the right, and she's like freaking out because she's at, she's out. He's outside her window. Walks to the right, and then he comes in the door. From the opposite, like he comes in the door from the wrong direction that he had just walked. So it's unnatural, and he's in the house. I 
literally yelled no <laughs> at the screen and then tried to run uncontrollably. I kind of want to watch a horror movie with you. I, I just yelled no and tried to get up and run. I mean, but I wasn't the only one who was screaming. Like that had a huge, I had nightmares from the lipstick face demon guy. Whatever you think of the trappings of the movie and a lot yeah. of horror movies, we talk a lot about yeah. the third act problems. A lot, a of, lot horror of people hated the apart. further. A but I mean, of... a lot of people fall apart just in general. A lot of, a lot of horror movies fall apart when you get to the point where it's no longer about toying with the audience, toying right. with the person. It's now this person versus this supernatural force. Or if right. it's a if it's a movie with J- Patrick Wilson and it, it's oh, it seems to always come down to Patrick Wilson versus a door. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Wilson has to break down get so down many doors door. in these yeah. films. There's a lot of trying to get in a door. Like I think that's really important because. He introduces the characters, they're very human, and then they get into this place that's kind of not their comfort level, and then the stakes get created kind of quickly around them. Mm-hmm. And the more you see it happening, it gets more intense and more intense. And every movie I've seen, even Insidious, I'll say this, even did it in a way that I didn't expect, or or it felt like, felt kind of trapped. I was like, how are these people going to get out of this situation? And... A lot of movies that I see, when they create the stakes, it, it, you're not quite invest, as invested. And there's something about the human element that he does combined with the danger, the supernatural and all that stuff, in a way that's not corny. Right. In a way that's very sharp and fast and does a lot <clears throat> with the camera that makes it feel kind of frantic. Mm-hmm. That that I think is amazing. I think that's why Saw, to me, is such a... I, always, I, I know it's not a perfect movie, but there's something about... I feel very sad for the like the last. I like the first two. The last eight. Yeah, <laughs> because because it was almost like they missed all the things that made that movie good. It wasn't just that you it was just like, traps. Yeah, you yeah. would just get in a room and it'd show like four things and then it would happen. <laughs> it wasn't about that. It was about the emotion that surrounded all that stuff combined with the stakes. It was who these people were as human beings combined with the stakes. Yeah, and that's what makes this movie so cool. They had the kids were fucking. In- I don't like kid actors. Oh yeah, they were great. These kids were incredible. That's two movies in a row of pretty good child performances yeah. too. And yes, that was something I wor- I worried at first was going to uh-huh. be too similar in the Conjuring two of like, oh, it's it, there, there's a lot of kids, especially both, a lot of kids. It, families, it starts to get yeah. weird when there's a lot of kids, and it just was it was so good. I was like, these kids are fucking. I want to. Hang out with these kids. They, well, they just... The thing that stands out to me, like with both of the Conjuring films, which I think is something that stands out about his films in general, or at least his horror films, even mm. Insidious, is that I think that the the the, the main character, the, our, our protagonists, always get back up really quick. Like some horror movies, there's you know your heroine or, or whoever it is, like they're aware of what's happening, mm. but no one ever believes them, right. and it's all it goes on for so long. What I love about his films, especially in this film. That when the younger girl starts experiencing this thing, her older sister is immediately, like, on night two, yeah. aware that <laughs> yeah. this is actually happening. Right. Well, they you play know, that game of making you think, oh, she's got headphones on, she's not going to know it. But very quickly, it right. becomes and, and something that, you can't deny kind of if you're in the room with it. They did the same thing with I'm the talk- parent. And, and right, with exactly. the neighbor, seeing the chair yeah. moving around. It's like, even the cops. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mo- I love the, the moment yeah, with the cops yeah. where they were like, oh, shit, something's happening here. And then they run out. Yeah. It's just that, It's just that. like, you know, it's displaced so quickly that you can believe this is happening. Like, because they all saw it and we have a real problem. Right. And it happened in the first film, and and even in Insidious, like the the, the family, they catch on to it quick. Mm-hmm. And I love that because 
that just like sets the movie on its course early, yeah. and like you just have to look forward to like how the fuck are they going to deal? It with It means you're you're skipping right. what right. would be the worst part of the movie, exactly. Where there's one person who's trying to convince everybody. It's right. like but a movie where wrong. someone has a secret. And you're waiting for everyone to find out the secret so you can get over the recriminations and you can get over the, they got a, their spouse has to find out they were lying. The whole, and you're just rolling your eyes going, I know that scene's coming. Right, yes, and right. this movie, and I feel like the last Conjuring 2, yeah. but I, I, I can think of the moment in the Conjuring 2 where uh, I was like, oh, good. They're not going to play this game of it looks like they're crazy. Everyone yeah. that comes into the house within a short amount of time is experiencing something that they're going, well, that, was, that wasn't faked, you know. There was the, the worst cliche of all horrors uh, in it though which one there was a child ghost that laughed and echoey laughter <laughs> rung out yeah. and, but that felt almost felt like that was I don't know that opening scene with the Amityville thing oh, was right, like right, right. you kind of decode it as the movie goes along you realize what was really going on there yeah. and I think that that at least is interesting because it's not really apparent to me that she was seeing anything in that vision that was connected to what was happening in the Amityville, Amityville house yeah. at all that it was like some other thing so that was kind of a neat a neat way to begin the movie, but it did feel like they were like they tried to cram Amityville in too. I do feel like it was a little, little overstuffed, little cram stuff in that way. But it a cram was stuffed. not <laughs> cram stuffed. Well, it was two hours and twelve minutes, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Like that's the longest horror film that I can remember, besides The Shining, maybe or mm. yeah. You know long. what? I can't really it's think long. of a really long, long one. No, I mean, there's they they usually hit that sweet spot of of like you know ninety minutes for for a reason because it's yeah. tough to keep people scared for that long. Nice. But two hours and twelve minutes that's that's a fucking Marvel movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and he that he <laughs> kept people on the edge of their seats, and you know, so I, it, it good. I love the uh, the seance scene with Patrick Wilson, the long the long shot of Patrick Wilson in the seance where where oh, it's yeah. unbroken with you know there's no no cuts with him and then it starts with the girl in the chair and she's out of focus and it turns mm-hmm. slowly into the old man in the mm-hmm. chair and then back to the, the girl in the chair yeah. Yeah. i thought that was brilliant like every time i think that james wan doesn't have another trick up its sleeve with with how to to scare me with the camera you know, oh, that I, part was really he. He does. I'm thinking something. of that shot, how it evolves, and you're watching that. It's a long shot, like it goes oh, on for a like long a five time. It's like a five-minute scene of, yeah. of uh, you know, no, no cuts. It's just Patrick Wilson talking, you know, to this to the spirit, and uh, yeah, I think that's brilliant. Like every time I think he he doesn't have more tricks. I mean, if, if for someone who loves horror and is a filmmaker, it's it's I find it just so inspiring to watch him mm. watch his movies because he is a wizard with the camera especially compared to a lot of other horror, right. you know, a lot of other genre filmmakers, you know, he can, do, he just does so much more in the same genre as every other schmuck who would have shot that completely differently. You mm-hmm. know, like he, he comes up with new ways to, to scare you. Like the fact that it's just out of focus and it's in the background and that you're really watching it very closely for any sign of it what's going on. It kind of plays like to that corner shot yeah. from the yeah. first one, like where you're looking and like, I, like okay, like that 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 shadow changed, like or, yeah. or like like that composition changed, like it's not the girl, and and I think even at the end, like where they reach for the water glass, mm-hmm. like I think that little cap at the back of it is really smart too to yeah. show that, you know, what we're seeing like this bust of something else possibly, but then the you know it's the girl that's yeah. still reaching for that glass to spit the water out. How many people die in The Conjuring, Insidious, or The Conjuring Two? 
No. Not a ton of people. No. Did anybody? Is it zero or are we counting? Are zero. we counting the old man? <laughs> no, 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 no. No DC killed. Well, no one dies in the Conjuring okay. or the Conjuring Two. Right. So is... The only person who dies in Insidious is is Lynn Shay's character, the the medium, um, the the old, the woman who gets strangled by Patrick Wilson. Right. If only there was a door between him and her. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. Yeah. The, the, the two Conjuring wow. films, for as scary as they are, and yeah. dread and all. There's no, there's, there's no blood in yeah. in the con. That's, that's, that's the only, there's there actually I, I think uh, he is so restrained in the first Insidious with mm-hmm. the color red. Um, there, there's only two instances until we get to like the red, the big red room at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like uh, uh, in the further, there's only he restrains the color red to the lipstick face demon's face and one bloody handprint on like the f- on the bed, bed yeah. mm-hmm. that's the only use of the color red wow. in that entire film until we get to the big sequence at the end like um you know so there's no blood that, that, i'm just that's what i'm that's what i'm remembering it's just i think even that is just when we talk about the other films other yeah. genre films other visual styles whatever i think the fact that you can accomplish even any of the things that we're talking about in these in these two films yeah it's so impressive that that you don't need blood. Oftentimes, the gore is not what's very scary, anyway. But if you don't see, like the for stuff instance, you don't see. For instance, in your scary. film, if you don't see a certain amount of the awful thing that's happening, it won't have its effect. And I think in ten years, horror movies the, the ratings won't even matter anymore mm-hmm. because it's just going to go to some sort of channel on Amazon that, that that you that you subscribe to, and and you know it just right. goes on there it's going to be mm-hmm. straight to netflix or straight to to shutter or, or chiller or whatever like <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You know? which is great in a way straight but to google. it's it's bad in the sense of taking yeah. away that theatrical experience i wish know? they had that in the 80s because some of my favorite friday the 13th movies were cut to hell from the mpaa oh, yeah. mm. you know cutting all the the kills out of the movies because because it was terrible to you know for for youth and i did you ever read fangoria uh, a little bit. See, I read. I read Mad Magazine. Yeah. So well, I mean, I read Fangoria pretty religiously, and there was another magazine by the same people called Gorezone, uh-huh. and they would go into elaborate detail about how they were doing these effects with these like big color photos of the gore, and you would uh-huh. go see the movie, and none of that would be in the finished wow. thing. And it's out. like and back in those days, there was no DVD yeah. market, uh-huh. so you were like. I guess what happened? Like, Where's it at? And you would see like a little bit of blood spray, or you would see like the aftermath of something. But I would be able to tell from that article that it was supposed to be a scene where like someone's face got half ripped off and blood started spilling out. You know, it's like, <laughs> and you can understand it's like, well, maybe that's gory and that's over the top. But it yeah. used to drive me nuts that there were all these crafts people doing all this work, and I was fascinated with that side of it, the makeup and effects. Yeah. And then to be like, the movie has none of that in it. And yeah, Friday Thirteenth was a big one because you would see all the kills. They would explain like, look at this guy with his arm broken back and his bone sticking out and we figured out a way to hide the actor's arm you know or whatever they would do some ingenious things Mm. that weren't making it into the film so yeah well practical effects were like a big thing for my movie like mm -hmm. that was where most of the budget went to and i you know i was you know i wanted to elicit that feeling of like the 80s movies where everything was practical and uh you know i think we got a really awesome effects guy who's local like who, who did that stuff and uh Adam Dobblebauer from okay. uh, Aftermath Effects, and um, well, he deserves a name check because that's a huge, that's a hero of, of your film. Is yeah. the fact that when, like I said, when it, when when the chips are down, there is there is something to look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some nightmare fuel that will stick with you. I think. Yeah, I think the MPA would give us terror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie's rated T. <laughs> oh, it's the worst kind of terror because you get a little turned on first. <laughs> yeah, that that was the goal. Oh god.
you know, I think a lot of people think that horror sucks <laughs> because 90% of the horror films that make it into theaters are pretty terrible. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. it's the studio, you know, stuff. But there's a lot of really good stuff that's hitting on demand that people just may not be catching. Um, uh, have you guys, either any of you guys seen Hush? Yes. Yep. Yeah, they were talking about Mike Hush. Flanagan is just killing it right now. His last couple of films, like Absentia, um, is awesome. And before Absentia, he did um, Oculus, Oculus yeah. which I thought was really was great. Yeah, I mean, this guy is is killing it. And Hush is just an, um, just an amazing little film. And he has two other movies coming out this year. Um, he's doing uh, Before I Wake, which is like a movie about like a kid who like dreams and their their dreams become like reality. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tom, uh, what, who's in that? Uh, What's his name? Thomas um, Jane. Thomas Jane. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then he's doing, which is gonna sound terrible. I just want you guys to. He's doing a sequel to Ouija, <laughs> which was an awful really? movie, and he has flat out said it was awful. But he came. He pitched what people are saying it was an amazing. Uh, pitch for a sequel wow and that's coming out this year too and like i mean the dude's knocked it out of the park and everything that he's done so far and uh so you gotta give him the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt yeah, yeah, like okay. and he's gonna I'll, he's I'll gonna go be it. doing the halloween yeah. yeah we just talked about that, that which i am too. so i didn't know that was for. official but i apparently yes yeah. people have been talking about i hope so it. because if you know i mean if i had a i love the halloween franchise if i had a short list of guys who i think would kill that he's on that well after seeing hush just with how well he did with the simple stripped down story that could be something you've seen a million times before but he managed to bring some something original to it and i thought hush without having too much of a gimmick it did i mean the 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 heroine being deaf adds a certain element to it but the movie manages to like use that exploit it for some fear and then kind of move on from it and i felt like throughout the movie um, you were seeing that, and someone actually was online posting about this, that, that that it was a good example of where the villain is not some superhuman thing, but it's just like you've got two people that are trying to outsmart each other. Mm. Yeah. And that is where the horror comes from, is like, what would you, you know, there's a little bit of what would you do in this situation. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think Hush was a really efficient And she film. was smart, too. Yeah. Like, every time in the film, every time I thought, Oh, she should do this. She was had already started doing it, yeah. and it just didn't work. And, and also at the same time, every time from like a filmmaking standpoint, every time I thought, man, like it would be so much better, like if this dude wasn't wearing this mask. Oh, he just took off the mask. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like slightly ahead of you. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like he was on it because I I've seen the strangers. I don't want to watch a dude with wear a mm-hmm. mask, you know, and not know. Oh, the, we don't know who the killers are because they never. Like I want to see. I think it's scarier now to to. He doesn't, you know, to take off the mask. I want to mm-hmm. see what the guy is, who, who the guy is underneath. And mm. it was scarier once the mask came off, I think. Like, yeah. um, well, I, it, yeah, it, it had it. to kind of go through. It wasn't as scary for a minute, and then it becomes scary again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, as much as I enjoyed The Strangers, I do think that, like, you don't want to repeat that formula no. too much. You don't want to say that's the only option is to say it's a masked killer, you know? Yeah. So, um, But I think he's been killing it. Have you guys, what did you guys think of... Uh, uh, have you guys seen Starry Eyes or Spring? I, Spring. I, I wanted great. to 
Those well, I was actually thinking about watching Starry Eyes before Eyes. we had this conversation. Starry Eyes was the one Starry about Eyes the, with the actress. The, the yeah. actress? Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yes. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. Yeah. It was so weird. It's all it, about what would you do to, to... What would you sacrifice to make it, it with your dreams? It, it reminded mm. me of... And a, it's so L.A. Have you seen a Serbian <laughs> film? I have seen Serbian. It reminded me of that just in the way that like it starts off normal. It's like, hey, we just want you to do this. And then it just... Escalate. That's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen in my life. Starry Eyes? Both. Oh, both. A, okay. a Serbian film and, and Starry Eyes. I really, I really liked it. It, The music, it was shot really well. Yeah. Um, the color palette was crazy. Like, it had a lot of, like, the reds were deep reds. The, the blacks were, like, jet black. It was just a beautiful film. Yeah. On top of everything else. And mm-hmm. it was creepy as fuck. Amazing score. Uh, I didn't need, when did that come out? Uh, it's weird. It's so weird with like films that that hit, you know, on demand and like the festival circuit. Like right. sometime between 2014 and and last year. Like, I'm pretty out. sure I saw the movie like it wasn't in 2015. I I just saw it, it was, like six months ago. It was a while. Yeah, ago. Yeah, that's when I when it, when I became aware of it was about. Yeah. But it, I know it hit the festival circuit year. in like 2014, yeah. and I don't know when it got on demand. But that's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, and the people so. don't look like they're from now it's they picked i don't know if it's like it's it's beyond the hairstyles it's like there's something about faces of people in the 80s like they don't look like that anymore in movies <laughs> and they picked a lot of people that have like these look like this, normal people yeah these normal people that like the lady was attractive the the guy was creepy looking but like people with regular faces it's it's really interesting to see yeah. on on film so well, Brandon, we've talked about this, and it, this might be a good topic to kind of go out on. Is just the current state of horror. There's this fascination with the sort of indie horror, and every year or so, there is kind of an indie darling horror film. That, yeah. and I mean to say nothing about the quality of the films. I think they're usually pretty good movies. Right, regard, right, like right. we we really liked It Follows. I really liked The Witch. I can't remember if everyone I liked else it. really liked The Witch, but I felt like these are really strong it movies cinematically it. and the way that they're put together, and they do usually have some unique reason, and so it's nothing about the filmmakers. Yeah. In fact, I remember the director of The Witch was actually kind of complaining in an interview about that best horror film in years tag. I hate that, that, that like, when people... Uh you know, crowned it follows as like the best horror film in decades. Like those are people who don't watch horror movies, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, same thing with the witch, like the witch was not a horror movie as far as I'm concerned. No. Uh, I, I can't believe that like something like the witch made it into cinemas, mm-hmm. but as like the next great horror film, but something like starry eyes and, and spring, sit on video on demand for Mm -hmm. no one to 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 watch like um i think the future of the genre what's up with that is it snobbery i mean do you really think it's like there's a there's a disdain for the genre it's 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 all whatever studios think i mean it all started with the babadook Mm -hmm. the the babadook hit big you know as far as like uh, making people think that oh there's a market for 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 one like like uh artsy horror film mm-hmm. and then then the next year it was it follows and then the next year and then the next year it was the witch there will be another one next year as well yeah. until until it there's just going to be one because the, I, think the, I think it's the woods this year yeah oh uh, adam wingard's, wingard's movie yeah. yeah i mean he he's killing it too yeah. um but uh i think the future of the genre is on is on vod 
mm-hmm. because the budgets are going to remain small and like the budgets for for horror films are get get shrunk down even farther like now studios want people who can make like a full horror film for for you know five hundred thousand dollars you know because uh you know they just know that too many movies can make can you can make a movie for five hundred thousand dollars um but there still will be those ouijas the those (laughs) those annabelles those the gallows yeah because teenagers need want to be scared as well speaking of which there's a spinoff an a la annabelle coming of conjuring 2 they're doing a nun film I think it is interesting to do the kind of trash spinoff. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but that to me again just feels like this is a true horror franchise. They're going to do they're going to do whatever they can to milk the well, dollars they're out. They're going to milk yeah, the absolutely. money. But, but I like that they're that it, that it's clear. Like Annabelle didn't feel like it was the Conjuring 2. Do you know what I mean? It didn't right. feel like it was trying to I mean it wanted to make you think of that film, yeah. but it was definitely not the Conjuring 2. And The Conjuring 2, you know, is is a big movie with all these big actors and with James Wan back on board. And then now we're going to have The Nun, which is I mean, it's, it's, I, I I guess what I'm saying is even if I have no interest in seeing those films and they sound like they might be bad, there's a part of me that's like I'm kind of glad that they're doing that horror movie thing of continuing to just try to exploit something until there's no money left to be wrong from that's it because what, that's what that's the, the studios point. do with horror. That's yeah. the <laughs> point. Is to make they're not here to make like art they're here to like hit for the four quadrants of like of marketing and get every person you know in the in the theater they yeah. want you know they want the guys in the 18 to 35 bracket they want women they want older people like they need to hit all of those quadrants like and so you're going to get one horror classic yeah. every year i think until it stops working mm-hmm. um I don't know why they picked The Witch. It's so weird, though, because like it almost never doesn't work because the movies are made for nothing still. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they have a huge, or not huge, but in perspective, opening weekend. Right. Like, there was all that talk after The Witch came out like of how big it opened in perspective to its budget, but that audiences, like you were saying, it was like, that wasn't a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like they, You almost felt like hoodwinked. Yeah. Oh, I think, the, I think personally, I think they're going to do one more next next winter there will be one more you know yeah. next heart and if it's not good the bubble has burst mm-hmm. like because mm. people probably did feel hoodwinked i remember walking out of the theater with you know a regular normal audience of of, of people and people walking out and going man that sucked you know mm-hmm. like, like ev- no one like yeah, yeah no one liked yeah, it like it. regular cinema goers <laughs> Not you know they weren't not, like not that cineast. cineasts yeah. like us. I, I honestly I, I did not like the movie as a horror film, The Witch. I mm-hmm. I thought it was a good movie. Not I was not intrigued at, as a horror. See, film. I thought it had some such scary moments that I have to give it credit as a horror film. But it does make me realize that if it had been marketed as like a supernatural thriller period piece, it would have been more. That's that's more accurate. So, uh, Conjuring 2, I mean, it did pretty well in the box office this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Do you think it did what... I always ask you because you're the insider, Steve. Do you think it did <laughs> what the studios were hoping? Two, two answers. So, initially, higher expectations. Mm-hmm. Past year, lowered expectations. Because, like, every sequel has opened that isn't, like, a comic book movie or yeah. superhero film has opened under, mm-hmm. like, the original. Like, if this summer, if you just look, there's tons of examples out there of every sequel failing this summer. Yeah. So in that case, I still think it's a huge success. And I think it only opened like three million less than The Conjuring One did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's seen as a as a uh, below expectations by any means. Right. I think when this movie, came, when Conjuring came out three years ago and opened big, 
they knew they had a great film. They opened it, like you said, in the middle of summer, and it was a huge hit internationally and domestically. Mm-hmm. And I think they maybe thought, we can ride this higher, but I feel like the sequel train has slowed down a bit in the last year. Mm-hmm. With that said, in the current like climate of, of box office receipts, The Conjuring 2 is a big hit. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking a week after that he's already talking about another uh, another film and a spinoff film. There's plenty to do with The Conjuring still. Just like Brendan said, like they, they make these movies for nothing. Even, even a bigger movie like The Conjuring 2, it's still in perspective. It made... It's money back in the first week, you know, or, or mm-hmm. domestic, at least international, you know, it, it's a no brainer. Like it's not a, it's not by any means less than what they expected. And um, I kind of wanted to tag what we were talking about before with like you were kind of getting to like the future of the genre being on VOD and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of digital distribution, streaming, whatever it might be. I totally agree with that. I do think that like that 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 unicorn that they're hoping for every year of like that they're pulling out like the Babadook or the Witch or whatever it might be I don't know that I see that stopping because I think that they genuinely genuinely believe that one of them will eventually hit mm-hmm. like not that some of them haven't hit like some of them were you know they they're made successful but they're yeah, not they're, like runaway right, hits right they're yeah. not runaway hits because like I think that <clears> they will <throat> never stop doing it because they have the things like the conjurings and I don't even know like the insidious films or whatever the other big horror you know theatrical franchises are that'll that'll keep making them money and then that video on distribution will be that like gold pot of like great things that unfortunately people don't find but the ones especially these movies that work their way around the circuits the ones that you hear about for a couple years or they've been around like the Babadook was around and they didn't Mm -hmm. release like a year after it got purchased I don't think that'll ever stop because I think that eventually they're going to get something right Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really talking even to the quality of the movies because I don't know. Like I didn't love The Witch, you know. Yeah, I, we're not I, talking about the quality of the yeah, films yeah, at all. I'm just talking, talking about, about like the they're going to take that movie and and, marketing. and they're going to say what are the three most inflated quotes we can find, you know? And I don't <laughs> care what the outlet is; it's the smallest font on the poster, you know, JoeSmo.com, MovieSmovie.com, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But it says the greatest thing to, to grace the horror genre since. What Jason takes Manhattan, yeah. whatever it might be. I'm using that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm you using can that. use it. Dude. I was talking about the back page, obviously. But um, the greatest thing to take the horror genre since Jason takes Manhattan. You're welcome. But you know what I'm saying, like, because eventually something will be that thing that's huge, and it's gonna be like I don't, I don't know. It's not gonna be the Blair Witch Project, but no. it's gonna be the movie that they fuck up and make a sequel to, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's horrible. Yeah. But the money that they make. They will never turn back. Right. Like it's just I don't personally well, see they that don't, stop. They don't cost any money. Like that's what I'm saying. Like well, you're, and you're, that's why these horror right. series always go forever and then trickle out because the last one is probably made after the last one didn't do that well, and they didn't spend as much money on the. You know what I mean? They're spending more money on them yeah. up to a point, and then they start spending less money on them after a point, and yeah. then they then they die. They have absolutely nothing to lose because they don't give a shit that we have a problem with like you lying to us about the witch yeah you know or that you completely oversold the babadook or it follows because the bottom line is it still made a lot more money than it would have ever made otherwise Mm -hmm. and they're gonna keep trying that until they get a blair witch project or until they get maybe a conjuring not that the conjuring was on that level but you know what i'm saying like there's nothing to lose for them yeah like I feel like the Adam Wingard film is like the next one because as soon as that trailer came out and the posters in every big multiplex now that has the the uh, I think it's like a bloody disgusting quote. Uh, what, what's the guy's name? Brad something. Uh, whatever his name yeah. is, it's just like 
the 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 new definition of horror or whatever it is it's yeah. like right on the centered huge mm-hmm. the poster is more quotes than it is poster you know it's just like we got to tell these people that this is the horror movie to see because there aren't really many that even make it in that, the cinemas yeah. yeah so like why would they waste money on a budget for one that's like an unknown thing that's not the conjuring not insidious not whatever when we can buy this one at this film festival for nothing yeah. Retain all the streaming streaming rights for it. Get the Netflix, whatever it might be. And by the way, we're going to put it in theaters and make 10 times what it was made for mm-hmm. right off the bat in the first weekend. Yeah. Well, if, it's insane. If the Adam Wingard movie is supposed is going to be the next one, I, I I think it might be the first one that I'd like truly like love. Yeah, because, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm I think a big he's, fan of his. And the, I, I the would guest it. is a, is a mate is such a good movie. No, I love the yeah, guest. so good. Yeah. The Conjury Two has legs. There isn't another horror movie out until The Purge in like I think like two weeks. Yeah. Right. Which that movie looks fucking atrocious. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. I, I see, do you like bro. any of them? No, okay. you didn't like okay. the first one. I think they've all been bad. Okay, I, I think like they've the all been one. bad. Um, I think it was a great idea, but terrible execution. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so the Conjuring's got two's got legs. It's it gonna does. Make, yeah. It's gonna make money. It's gonna yeah. make a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like internationally. I know it's made already over a hundred million. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. In in a week, so it's gonna uh, be that couples film for like the next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. it is, man. Yeah, until even that, past the purge. Until that Blake Lively versus the Sharks movie come out. <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked for that. I'm not I even am too. I'm not even lying. It looks good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the only thing that could make Jaws better is Blake Lively. Damn straight, my friend. Pretty much a perfect movie, but if Blake Lively had played the Roy Scheider part, it would have been a perfect. What a missed opportunity that was! I know. If only he'd cast her. That's like a good mental game to play, just to be like, would this Roy Scheider movie be better with Blake Lively? Lively. Probably. But the answer is always future episodes. The answer is always yes. I'm a Roy Scheider fan. I am too. I just rewatched all four Jaws movies Mm -hmm. all in one night. God. They really get bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Cool. All right. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we are. Um, thank you. Back page. Yes. Back page. Thank you for. So, coming what should on. we tell people? I know that yeah. like there's How a vague period now where you're trying to get the movie out to some festivals, but I mean, Facebook I guess, page. Uh, website is the, the backpagefilm.com. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, like I said, we're screening July 19th, Tuesday, July 19th. At Magooby's Joke House in Timonium, it's free. There are four other movies uh, along with with mine uh, showing. It's going to be at seven o'clock. Um, are they uh, all like half hour shorts? A couple are like ten minutes. Okay. Um, a couple one one is like twenty minutes. Um, okay. All really good independently made horror films from the area, and uh, it's free. July nineteenth. Um, to Baltimore area horror fans yeah. get out to see that because yeah. after that, who knows when this movie will be. Will be yeah. seeable again. I guess yeah. as long as we hear from you, whenever, whenever it is posted, or you know, whatever, yeah. at whatever point it becomes something people can watch online. And when is this going to, online? I'd love to let our listeners when? know. Uh, is it a week from tomorrow? Right? Because we just had one yeah, last yeah. week. Next so it's Friday. a week from tomorrow. Yeah, next, next Friday. Friday. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you listen to this on next Friday, you can come see me open for Damon Wayans Jr. at McGooby's Joke House. <laughs> Damon Wayans <laughs> Jr. Next weekend. I'm I actually a... think I'm going to that. I really want to go to that. I fucking. I think he's. I want to say I bought ticket because you were. 
really? doing your stand-up, but I'm, sure. that'd be lying. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> you kind of uh, missed your shot to pay him a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I would yeah. refuse to do that. Next weekend, Damon Wayans Jr. I have to tell him how much He's closing for me. Happy ending. He's closing for you. Happy endings. I asked Andrew specifically for this weekend because I love happy endings, and he said, why do you want to open for Damon Wayans Jr.? He's a fucking junior. He's not even David Wayans. And I said, yo, he's got a really good show. Happy endings. Uh, And he's just like, whatever. I hope he's a dick to you and doesn't let you in the green room. (laughs) So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, if I show up next Thursday, because it's yeah. five shows. Please um, tell And him. I'm like, how you doing, Damon? I'm Brandon. I'm the host for the night. I'm great. Here's my credits. Door shut in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so when they do that, do you do you open all the shows? Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, awesome. yeah, I host. I'm hosting fi- all five. five shows. Wow, that's awesome. And, uh, awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try to come to that. He's, he's one of my favorite. I've never seen him do stand-up. Actors. Me either. I heard he's terrible. You heard he's terrible? He's terrible. I heard he's funny. I mean, he's funny. He's yes. bringing his own he's feature. Very funny. He's man. bringing his own feature, Who's... which is actually not ever a good sign. Who's his feature? I don't know. But Damn it. usually when comics who aren't that. Tommy Davidson Jr. <laughs> <laughs> usually when comics. Oh, Tommy Davidson. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just going to be like bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, man, have you seen him? Tommy Davidson? Yeah. No. Oh, he was, he was in Black I saw Dynamite. him in. Black Dynamite. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. Black Dynamite came out 10 years ago? Yeah, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a roast of him on like uh, one of those, <laughs> like BET or something like that. Okay. TV One. Of course, yeah. He, looks, he looks crazy bad. Yeah. Well, oh, man. Times have been tough. It looks it's like not... he used condoms. That I think living... I saw him on Celebrity Wife Swap. <laughs> that in Living Color Money ran out years <laughs> <What>? ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm into a reality show right now. Sex Factor. It's a triple X rated. Oh, you talked about this already. Yeah. My girlfriend and I are into it. So yeah. yeah. I'm into the, uh, one thing right now. It's called The Back Page. Directed <laughs> by Brandon Lescure. Screen at Magooby's Joke House, Tuesday, July 19th. At seven, at seven p.m. Oh, and it's free. Exciting. It's free. It's fucking free. It's yeah. free. What else do you want to know? Fucking free, oh, man. Yeah. There will be donation buckets. <laughs> oh, okay. Movie. When do you When do you leave for, uh, uh, for the West Coast? I, I leave for L.A. and it, it's uh, it's all about when I sell my house and get oh, okay. get buy oh, right a new on. house. So mm-hmm. it's still f- in the next couple weeks. I'll wow. Be, like wow. I would say oct- by October I'll be gone. Wow. So. Well, awesome, glad we man. caught you. Well, thanks for yeah, sharing yeah, your thank movie you with so. us. Thank, thank you for having me. Congratulations for and good time. luck with uh, the back page. And yeah, thanks for being on the show. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that last word in, didn't you? I did. <laughs> it was mandatory. It's something. It would have felt wrong if I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> Let's take ownership of bringing you to the table. Yeah, I, I had to do thank it on my YouTube tu- you. tutorial video voice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have any of those. You gotta put this over here. Brandon, this is the point in the evening where we lose Ronald. You're lucky he made it this far. This is the second episode. He's usually out. We we usually record two when we get together, and usually the second one, there's like a point where he's he's fading off. If he doesn't have to go do comedy, but there have been nights where you've been sitting there half awake, and then you've been like, I gotta go do comedy now. And I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna go. I pity this audience. Yeah, no, I've been there. I know. I know what those. Oh. I know what those shows look like. <laughs> but then you rush, and there's only two people in the crowd sometimes. Oh know. God, yeah, yeah. Stand cool. up sucks. All right, you want to do, do the masthead stuff, Steve? 
Nah, you can just end it that way. No, we'll just end it with... Uh, Thanks right. for coming. You can just fade out with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then fade out with Ronald. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Is that what we say? Yeah. Just like, what are you saying? <laughs> Let's put a cap around this. We're on Google. Google Music. Uh, Google iTunes. Play. Google Play. I mean, what's Google called? Play. Google Play. They change the name every couple weeks. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, you've made our day. Everybody now, take my hand, take my hand.